0: I get a lot of questions about how to ease perimenopause and menopause symptoms, and here's a really simple answer for you. Take a good mineral supplement. Your body loses a ton of minerals as you transition through perimenopause and menopause, and mineral deficiencies make a lot of the common symptoms worse. For example, if you're struggling with poor sleep, fatigue, joint pain, hot flashes, or any other side effects that are wearing you down Head over to beamminerals.com and use the code BETTER for 20% off. Hey, hey, buddies. Wanted to continue the conversation from last week. We were talking last week about how to eat more food and uh, minimize fat gain and not gain weight. Uh, I know. I promise it is not, uh, it is not just a fairy tale. uh, There's some science based, there's quite a bit of science based on it. If you haven't already listened to that Geeky Magic, would love for you to go and check that out. But I wanted to continue the conversation around weight loss and how we can actually make weight loss easy. Um, Because this is such a, persistent problem, uh, a persistent need that I, that I encounter. And I think that while I, there are many techniques, there are many different, you know, all roads lead to Rome in terms of what's the diet, what's the composition, what's the, you know, what's the workout, uh, what's the one supplement. I mean, these are some of the questions that um, I am often asked. I think that there's a couple of solid principles that everybody can follow, irrespective of where you are in your fitness journey, what your goals are, whether it's fat loss, whether it's putting on muscle, changing your body composition, healing your metabolism, that I think are crucial for success. And I wanted to go over some of those um, today. And I think that the where I wanted to start um, is this idea of playing the long game. We are inundated with quick and cheap And hacks and haste and hustle, and all of these words, um, and this attitude of it should be quick and it should be easy. And I should be rewarded right now. And I would love for you to actually just take a step back from that insanity, that frenetic 10 pounds in 10 days, you know, this kind of junk. and play the long game. And I actually want you to, when you're thinking about, let's say it's weight loss. I want you to think about weight loss. And when you're setting a time, if, if you have a timeline in mind, I want you to think about setting a timeline and then multiplying that number by 10. <laughs> so I want it to be like 10 X longer than your, your ego wants to set it for. Okay. And I think that it's important because I was, um, and this is, this came up recently. I, um, I coached doctors on how to, um, I am putting together a certification for how to become Estima, uh, method certified. And this conversation came up with one of my groups, uh, that I wanted to share part of this conversation and part of this wisdom because so many of us are, concerned about winning. And we see this in culture, right? We it's like win or lose. We want to always be on the winning side. We always be on want to be on the right side. And I think that um I actually want to reframe that because we are so afraid of losing. We are so afraid of failing. Failing is the ultimate F word. Um, and we've been actually conditioned in some ways from social media to, um, to be scared of failure, to be scared of being a beginner, to be scared of making a mistake. Um, and I actually, this is something that i do with my children. Um, and this came up in this coaching session and we talk about it as winning or learning. It's not winning or losing it's win or learn. So if you didn't win, what did you learn? And there's such a frenetic, I would say almost insane energy around being afraid to fail. And this is particularly for my type A's. If you are a woman who, who values achievement, who values success, I am not trying to take that away from you. But what I have found as a person who is, who has a lot of type A tendencies, who has coached a lot of type A women, this type of personality wants all the information right at the beginning so they can, you know, assemble and look at all the information in its totality. Typically, uh, they want to jump to the most advanced, like there's no room for like, let's do some foundational basics. They're like, no, I want the hardest thing. I want the most calorically restricted. I want the most advanced workout. I want all the supplements. And very often there is this all or nothing mentality, um, that goes along with it. They've made a decision. And now that they've made this decision, they are all in for this decision. And what I have often found with my all or nothings, uh, with my, my ladies, my Bettys who are all or nothing is that if you can't do all, you choose nothing. So if you can't eat perfectly, You put it in the fuck it bucket and you overeat or you order, you know, whatever food that you've been trying to resist. If you can't train perfectly, you'll skip the workout or you'll beat yourself up about it. You'll go into this shame and blame spiral. And this is your ego. This is your ego that is actually trying to keep you small. It is a, um, I want to talk about how this is actually a trauma response because I think it is. Um, but your ego tells you, I must not fail. I must never show weakness. I can never be human. And so often, um, when I am working with someone who is very, has a lot of these type A tendencies, of course, you know, these, these tendencies all exist on a continuum. They're different for everybody. But, it, I, you know, sometimes I'll say something like, hey, like, welcome to the human race, you know, like, welcome, we've been waiting for you, which often elicits some sort of like giggle or like, you know, it's like, oh, you know, like I'm, I'm speaking in some ways um, to this egoic need to always be perfect. And in my own experience and in my clinical experience, working with some of these different arrays of personalities. This is absolutely a trauma response. And a lot of doctors don't like this when I, when I say this, but even the process of becoming a doctor myself, I am including myself in this bucket, um, is a trauma response. We want to be important you know, because of course in society, doctors are very much uh, lauded. They are, you know, we applaud the success and the accolades that they achieve. And we as doctors want to be important and meaningful to somebody because at some point we were made to feel like we were not important or meaningful to someone that we cared about. And For my type A personalities, I would say that you don't have to be a doctor to experience this, this all or nothing mentality. At some point, someone at some time told you or made you feel like, or your interpretation of an event was that you were not allowed to fail. That, or on the flip side, that you are not, or were not good enough, that you were not pretty enough, that you are not intelligent enough, that you are not capable enough. And we all, and you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh damn, this is totally me. Just know that you're not alone. We all have some permutation of this. We all have some version of this story. At some point, someone made us feel less than, and the ego can create a lot of very sophisticated personality traits that we almost with pride identify with this all or nothing mentality this i'm going to be productive no matter what i am going to do five cardio sessions a week and i'm going to do five training sessions a week and i'm going to fast for 16 hours every day and i'm going to end and end and. so I want you to know that you're not alone. Um, It is absolutely within your right to grieve that because I think that as children, when we are told that we are, or we interpret a situation to be that we are not good enough, strong enough, pretty enough, intelligent enough, capable, not enough, not enough, not enough in some way, that of course what would happen, what would be expected is that we would develop strategies to help us never feel like that again, because that's incredibly painful. And what I'm suggesting here is that maybe, just maybe if you feel called to this, that you don't have to run so hard away from that. You know, that you can be incredibly productive and there can be times where you can be the sloth. You know, you can embrace your inner sloth. And this sort of all feeds back to this, this initial point where I'm I'm talking about making weight loss easy. I want you to think about, you have all the time in the world. If 10 days pass and you don't lose 10 pounds, you're still good. You know what I mean? You're still exactly all, you are perfectly imperfect. You are all of you. You are all that you need and more. And When we start to shift this way, because the kicker is when you are so restrictive, it's usually the case that you can probably calorically restrict, you can aggressively fast, you can do the cardio, you can, you can probably do that for a little bit of time, but it is the long game. You're not able to really do that over years and decades of your life. You can probably do it for a couple months. But then when you end up falling off of that bandwagon, which you invariably will, because Again, welcome to the human race. You can't stay in a caloric deficit forever. You can't maintain an unrealistic level of leanness forever. You can't fast that way forever. At some points your hormones and your physiology is going to take over and be like, "Listen, this girl like we we got to get her to eat." But when you when you fall off that bandwagon, um it's highly unlikely that you're going to get back on. And of course, the kicker is as you get, you know, the more, um, you know, last week I was talking about these 1200 calorie diets and like this number is like in my career, if there's one thing that I'm able to achieve is, is to get women to eat fricking more than 1200 calories. Cause I see it so often because the kicker of course, is that as you get, when you completely aggressively calorically restrict like that, all of the things that we talked about last week—the BMR takes a tank, your your um, the the calories that you burn during cardio and 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 weight training decreases, spontaneous need goes down, digestion slows—all the things. You also start to sacrifice your own protein as you get closer and closer to that goal weight. Your body's like, no, 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 we got to hold on to this fat. This is our insurance policy. This is the life insurance policy that we have. We have to maintain a certain amount of fat. So let's start using this muscle. You know, the muscle that she's been building for the past couple decades, let's start using that. Um, And this is why so many women lose and gain the same 10 pounds over the course of their life, because you, we are not fixing the metabolic parameters, some of which I spoke about last week, which is the eating more, revving up your metabolism, not being so punitive in some of these strategies. And this is why I want you to think about the. I want you to think that you have the luxury of time. We don't think like that in in society, but particularly with weight loss, it's like ten pounds, ten days. Take this one supplement, and you're gonna, you know, see that your hair is gonna grow all the way down to your ass. And if you take these laxative teas, you're gonna lose all this weight, or this tummy cincher here is gonna do like horse shit. Okay. It takes time to rebuild your body, especially if you are a woman who is, you know, in her forties or fifties, which is, I know if you are a Betty listening, very likely that I am, that is your catchment area. You are in your forties or your fifties trying to figure out your metabolism, like frustrated about how things have changed. (laughs) Sodium is an essential nutrient involved in the maintenance of normal cellular balance, the regulation of fluid and electrolytes, and your blood pressure no questions asked, and you don't even need to return the box. Head over to drinkelement.com forward slash Dr. Estima, that's D-R-I-N-K, dot com forward slash D R E S T I M A, and you will get a free element sample pack with any purchase. And I want you to think that you have a lot of time. I know society tells us that we don't. It's like, oh, you're over the hill now. You know, it's like you're 40, you're pretty much donezo, right? But you have at least another 40, (laughs) right? I mean, science tells us this, that we have, you know, that we tend to outlive our male counterparts. We have a longer lifespan. And if I do my job right, it's even more than 40, right? So think about, that you have so much time to figure this out so much time. And there's, there's actually a movie that talks about this as a currency. It's, um, the movie's called in time. Um, it's with Justin Timberlake. And even though the, the plot of the, um, the plot of the story, like the plot of the movie is not, um, specifically around time, this is a currency that in which they live or die by. So there's, you know, sort of the rich people and the poor people, the poor people are always like running to the bus stop. They're always running because as their time ticks out, like they have to, they have to accumulate more time, like either through work or whatever, um, in order to continue living. And then, you know, the rich people have all the time. Right. And there's this scene where Justin Timberlake, uh, he's in this area, uh, in this area with more affluent rich people. And someone looks at him and says, oh, you're not, around, you're not from around here. And he says, well, why? Why do you say that? And he's, she's like, because you're moving so quickly, right? And, if, and then he sort of looks around and everyone's kind of walking around slowly, no rush. And it's because they have all this time banked, right? And I want you to kind of think like that um, because the number one diet killer is not overeating, right? It's not, uh, missing your workout. It's not late night snacking. Uh, it's, it's, it's not, uh, you know, eating, eat, eat, eating late into the night. I know I talk about time-restricted eating. The number one diet killer is anxiety because it leads to all of those types of things. It like anxiety leads to overeating. It leads to missing your workout. It leads to mindless snacking. It leads to eating late in the evening and it leads to like uh, binging, purging type of behavior. Oh, I overate by, you know, a thousand calories here. I'm just gonna, you know, I'll, I'm going to try and purge it this way. And I think that when we think about playing the long game, especially for my type A's, and I say this with love, this is all with love, by the way. Um, this really boils down to understanding your limits, understanding the things that you can control and giving yourself the grace to forgive yourself for the things that are beyond your control. Because my type is I know you so well. I am you. <laughs> I am you. <laughs> I wanted to control everything. I wanted to be able to control my environment, to control everything. And it, you know, I, I write about this in my book that every month I would like try to white knuckle my way through battling against my physiology. And I think that when you look at, playing the long game. So let's say you have 20 pounds to lose. Let's say you have 50 pounds to lose. Um, Another common uh, comment that I often get is, Hey, I've started your diet or I've, um, you know, started eating well. And I, I, initially I lost, you know, insert whatever amount of pounds, like five pounds, 10 pounds, whatever pounds. And then I haven't like, nothing's moved for like the last three weeks. Is it not working anymore? And, you know, we can get into like a whole other subject about why using only a scale for context for progress is flawed. But often when I ask them to give me their measurements or other things that reflect changes in their body composition, and we see massive, massive changes there. So I think that it's important um, for us to recognize that it takes time. Even when the scale is not moving for weeks on end, that doesn't mean it's not working. It just means that may, you know, it might be that you are increasing your muscle mass so the weight is not being reflected. I mean, there's so many other ways that I like to um to evaluate progress uh beyond the scale because I think the scale is mental um uh mental uh, I know that there are some some kids that listen to this, so we'll say it is a mental game. Um, it is mental effery in some ways. So I like, um, I like to use things like measurements, uh, pictures, right? Like those are also really great if you're taking pictures of yourself. those can often, um, rec- like this can often reveal changes in body composition better than a scale can. And then other tools, right? Like what's your muscle recovery? Like what's your, what, what's your workouts feeling like? What's your sleep like? All these other things. So let's make weight loss easy by playing the long game. And I think that this is a general attitude that I would love for you to take on is weight loss. And then more broadly, the pursuit of health is easy. It's not complicated. It's just, um, about sustainability. It's about surrendering to monotony. The same things applied over and over again, over a longer period of time and to reject novelty. Um, because we are, we sort of squirrel, we're like squirrel new, new shiny diet and squirrel new, you know, new exerciser, you know, new, you know, um, new, new shiny exercise thing. And it's like, Nothing's going to be better for your body than your own body weight and free weights, the end. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Um, but also it, it's, you have to, you know, you have to be willing to surrender to the boring and know that change takes time, it takes a lot of time. So that's like my absolute number one tip. There's a little, there's a lot in there, Um, you know, playing the long game, setting a timeline that's far more long than you are comfortable setting, recognizing that your ego is probably not allowing you to, uh, not allowing for these changes to unfold because there's this assumption that you should be superhuman and that you should be able to lose 10 pounds in 10 days. Let me tell you, if you lose 10 pounds in 10 days, it's either, you know, that you've had some E. coli and you've been either throwing up or it's coming out the other end. That's the only reason why you should lose 10 pounds in 10 days. Um, or it's water weight. That's, that might be another consideration as well. Could be water weight as well. Uh, But it's not adipose tissue, which is what we're, what we're really after. The other, the other way that I want you to think about making weight loss easy is by putting on muscle mass. And, um, this is really about, um, Understanding, and this plays into my my original point, is that it takes years, years, Betty's, years to put on muscle. Okay. It's not like four weeks. It's not, you know, I and you know, with in the spirit of trans, you know, of, of being honest and transparent, I have fitness programs that are four weeks in length. However, How the F ever (laughs) Um, in each of those programs, um, my promise to you is that this is not just a four week program that there are, uh, that we integrate what's called the overload principle. And this is key to muscle growth. So in um, my fitness programs, I will talk about um, challenging your body beyond its current capacity to stimulate adaptation. So there's many ways that you can do that. And this is why I'm saying like dumbbells and like, you know, there's a there's maybe 10 to 20 moves um, that are gonna really reshape your body. And you can apply those 10 to 20 moves over the next 20 years um, and still continue to reap benefits from them. The way that you contribute to this overload principle is the following. So with resistance training, You can increase your weight, you can increase your repetitions. You can add more sets. So if you're doing three sets, you might do four. Um, you can reduce your rest time in between sets. You can also reduce your rest time in between body parts. Um, and you can increase your volume. And these are actually embedded into each of my fitness programs because I, be, even though they are like the four weeks is just to kind of get you started. But my hope is that you'll come back to Betty Booty or Betty Yoga or Betty Body, uh, several, like you'll continue to use them. And as you get stronger, you can employ the, this periodization or this overload principle, um, to help you continue to get those gains. And it's honestly it's it's about consistency. And I know that this is like not sexy. It's not the quick fix that we you know, that culturally and societally that we are all after, but this is how you build a better body. This is how weight loss is easy when you have the luxury of time, which which by default allows for failure. It allows and then failure then is not looked at as a loss but it's looked at as a learning opportunity and a stepping point, a stepping stone in success. We all fail. We all face plant fail. (laughs) Like we all fall on our face, but it's those who are able to say, okay, what did I learn about myself here? What did I learn about my self-sabotage tendencies? What was the narrative going in my head? Who told me that? This is not my voice it's that awakening, it's becoming aware of some of the stories that we are told that we've been, that, that have been implanted in us, um, as children, as young adults, as, um, you know, as teenagers, uh, from society at large. And as you become aware of that messaging, this is when you can really begin to, um, to, to unhitch yourself. You can unhitch your productivity from your worth you can unhitch perceived failure from progress because it is in the failure and in c- falling to rock bottom we often look at uh sometimes it's you know embedded into movies like you know rock bottom and then he went on to do like amazing things with his life being rock bottom is a sacred place. And I would argue that it is a a place of complete power because you learn more about who you are. When we are just, um, distracted by messages of perfection, when we are distracted by the pressures of time, we don't actually allow ourselves to grow into the people that we already are. And this is the other, the final point that I'll make. You are already perfect, And this is where I would love for you to start. You are already all of what you need. Everything that you need in order to self-actualize is already within you. You don't need someone telling you, you don't need a guru. You don't need, uh, you know, a certain type of clothing or you don't need a certain running shoe or you don't need a certain... You already are exactly who you need to be in order to self-actualize and become who you already are. So maybe a little bit of a heavier topic, but I think that when we think about some of the benefits um, around pursuing health, for sure it can be to improve our metabolism and to lose weight. We all want to feel good in our skin. I think when we begin to reframe, gently reframe this idea that we have lots and lots of time, we have lots and lots of time, lots of time for baked in failures, baked in learning opportunities and failure is no longer an F word. Um, even though technically I know it starts with an F, but you know what I mean? It does. It's not an F word. It's not a derogatory word anymore. And we, back away, slowly back away from cancel culture um, so that we can um, allow ourselves to hit rock bottom. We can allow ourselves to fail so that we can actually be in this place of power. Um, This is where you will... This is where you will actually get all, and I know it sounds so crazy, but this is where you get the results that you want. Because when you take your time, you work on your form, you work on your anxiety, you, you become aware of this egoic need to be perfect all the time. Then this is where a lot of that, those anxiety producing behaviors begin to melt and you can have some compassion for yourself and you can have love for yourself, um, and, and that's, that's, that's really the magic. Um, and then the second piece of course is growing muscle. But again, with this idea that it takes decades to build muscle, uh, and to hypertrophy and to maintain that muscle, uh, you're not going to get it in 10 days. So, um, I hope that you found this useful and maybe something for you to nosh on, maybe something for you to just marinate on. Like, What are some of the ways that I'm showing up for myself that are unrealistic? What are some of the ways, what are some of the ways that I speak to myself that I would never dream of speaking to another human about and becoming a bit of a, maybe more aware of what that narrative might look like for you. And just catch yourself. If you're able to catch yourself in the moment where you're like, God, I'm such a loser. Like I didn't eat well today. So just like putting it in the, I'm just going to have the cake. I'm going to have not just one slice of cake, I'm going to have the whole cake. Or gosh, I just don't feel like I have it in me to do this workout today. I'm just going to skip it. You know, I want you to just notice the, those thought patterns. And my hope is that you will begin to be more of the observer of these thoughts rather than the recipient so rather than you accepting these messages directed towards you, you can just be like, "Oh, there she is again. <laughs> oh, bless her. There's that. There's that inner child that is so afraid of abandon, being abandoned. There's that inner child that's so fearful that people are going to see that she is unworthy. That she's constructing all of these stories and all of these narratives inside my, in between these six inches, right in between um, my ears." that um that that's driving this behavior. And my hope is that you'll just fall in love with yourself a little bit more, right? Like we're all here. We all have these thoughts. We all have them. Every single person that you look up to every single person that you see on Instagram, every curated picture, we all feel in some way. We all have a shared core wounds, right? It's feeling of abandonment, feeling of not being good enough. All of these different things. We all have them to some degree. Um, it's just a matter of recognizing them. And the more that you can bring them to the light, the more that they dissipate when you keep them in the shadows is when they have their power. So, I will leave uh, you to nosh on that. I know there's a lot of psychology in there. There's a lot to unpack, but would love to know how you feel about this podcast, how you feel about uh, this message. And maybe is this something that you struggle with and how I'd love to hear from you. So um, you can certainly, um, you know, reach out to me on Instagram. You can um, comment on this video, uh, whether this is on YouTube or Instagram, I'd love, love, love to hear from you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For those of you who want to continue on this week's Geeky Magic Carpet Ride with me, visit bettershow.co forward slash show notes. You'll find research, links, summary notes, musings that I prepared in preparation for the podcast, and I often throw in some of my best practices, bonuses, and links. All the juicy bits are in there for you.